simulation by way of mobile devices welcome to another exciting episode of the atomic podcast and here is your host of the show Efren guzman ladies and gentlemen welcome to another exciting episode of the atomic podcast i hope everybody out there in radio land is doing great my guest today he was a booker for all pro wrestling and he runs and the owner is of pro wrestling revolution ladies and gentlemen gabriel ramirez gabriel how you doing Hey, what's going on, man? Thank you for that uh, big build-up. Yeah, I know. I, I try to... You appreciate it. <laughs> I try to do a, a a Latino version of Howard Finkel, but it didn't come out too good because I got kind of hoarse at the end, so don't worry about that. <laughs> no, I think it was great. No, thank you so much, man. Uh, I definitely appreciate the time and effort, and thank you for having me on. So, uh, anything you want to ask, man, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, so I uh, definitely appreciate you uh, making the time for me. Yeah, no, not not a problem, man. Thank you for giving me the time. Um, I was looking you up, um, saw a couple of your YouTube stuff you sent me, and reading a little bit about um, Pro Wrestling Revolution. Um, before I get into that, um, as a Latino and as a wrestling fan, um, how did you get exposed to this lifestyle, and how did you, you know, incor- incorpor- you know, incorporate this to your profession in life now? Did you ever get teased when you was little? Because, you know, I used to, you know, I still do love wrestling when I was a child. And then people was like, oh, my God, you watch that fake stuff? Oh, come on, man. You know, he, he <laughs> he's sitting here with a plastic chair. The chair's not even real, you know, and this, this, and that. You know, I used to get that all the time when I watched it. Especially, you know, and then, you know, especially in, in the city when everybody's into stickball and baseball, you know, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you watch that wrestling? Did you get ridiculed a lot when you was a child? Well, the thing is, for example, you know, um, I remember... Being in uh, seventh grade, and uh, 
being able to watch WrestleMania in his own closed circuit, obviously. Oh my god, I remember that closed circuit television. Oh my god, you took me back. Yeah, yeah go ahead. You're on closed circuit, right? So, yeah. you, you don't have the ability to watch it. You know, so I remember uh, someone talking about how they watched WrestleMania over the weekend, and I'm like, oh my god, how do I get closer and, and sneak in, you know, a conversation with these guys? Because you're right, it wasn't something that you would just, you know, uh, you just pop out and say, hey, did you watch that Niner game or that Raider game or whatever? It was more like, mm, did you watch WrestleMania? <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and I, I got to hear the results and, you know, he got Bernie slammed on and he pinned him fast and I'm like, oh my God, he, he won. He got things of that nature. You know, six, seventh grade. But on the Lucha Libre side, it's nowhere near that way. Mm-hmm. Lucha Libre, you know, in, in Mexico, Lucha Libre is a sport. Lucha Libre is recognized in newspapers. In, Lucha, in, in the newspapers, they have the results of um, of the arenas. Coliseo, you know, Arena Medico, and what have you. So when's the last time you can pick up the local, local newspaper and you see the results of to TNA, to, to, to WWE, to any of that. It just doesn't happen, you know? So on, on the American side, yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from, but on Lucha Libre, we're blessed that, that you know, Lucha Libre is looked upon as a professional sport, and you don't have to be worried about uh, someone going up and, you know, if you say, oh my God, you really watch that, how dare you, how could you? You know, there's not that stereotype that you have to be, you know, uh, you know, less than the, you know, smarter than the, less than average brilliance, per se, you know, to, to watch or believe that wrestling, how could you watch that? I don't know what you hey, man, it's like I'm a sport, I love it, you know, and uh, let's go watch it together. So it's a big difference, you know, a big difference in culture. Yeah, um, it, um, you say, like, you know, um, it's a big difference in culture. Um, do you think, um, as a culture, you know, the, the, what the Mexican heritage and Lucha Libre is... You know, it's it's respected. You know, what I'm saying um, I haven't been to Mexico, but um, is it is it something where like you get off the airport and so you see like a whole bunch of lucha masks? Like it's really like renowned. Like you know how if you go to Wisconsin and you see cheese head hats and everything because of the Packers, is it really big? Like super huge like that? Well, the thing is, I mean, uh, in Mexico, uh, the number one sport forever will be soccer. Yeah, that, that part we can definitely understand. So it's going to be soccer, and in Mexico, every you know every region has its soccer team, just like football, baseball, any other sport here. And so that's the number one scenario. Um, but wrestling's right there. You know, you got boxing, you got soccer, and you have wrestling. Yeah. Now, is it to a point where you know is it everywhere? Well, you know, it is everywhere in a sense. For example, um, like Blue Demon Junior. You know, he has, I believe, two stores. You know, two stores where you can actually walk in. At one point, it was, I think it's last time I checked, but you can walk into a mall and he has his Blue Demon Junior store in a mall. Wow. And you walk in and you have Blue Demon shirts, hat, hoods. Uh, you can even find Revolution t shirts and, you know, hoodies, hoodies, all that. And, you know, and then every so often he does autograph sessions there. Can you imagine walking in into a mall now and be able to have a, a mall dedicated to one wrestler, yeah. it'd be next to impossible. You know, so it's just one of those things where, you know, it, 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 it plays itself out, whether in Lucha, you know, you have those heroes like Blue Demon Jr. and, and Santo that eventually grew into the juniors of Blue Demon Jr. and Santo, where they were maybe possibly those icons, you know, that I don't want to say larger than Lucha, 
Asia, but there's those huge icons that are respected in that sense. Like you would, you know, consider maybe a Babe Ruth, you know, a DiMaggio, yeah. a Willie Mays. You know what I mean? So in, in professional wrestling here, I don't see that happening, but it definitely happens in Mexico. And and you do see, you know, uh, God, you can even, you know, you see stuff on, on on social media where you see kids uh, doing lucha wrestling spots, you know, at a red light, you know, to, <laughs> to you know make a couple pesos. Uh, that, you know, you know it, it went from washing windshields and and uh, selling you know uh, you know food to them doing spots you know at a red light. So you can definitely imagine you know the difference of uh, stopping at a red light here and stopping at a red light in Tijuana. Yeah. Was you ever yourself a wrestler? Like, did you do it as for yourself as well? Oh man, I think everyone who's listening to this is probably just laughing. No, um, I actually, you know, I definitely wanted to do this. It's like everybody else, you definitely want to do it and try it. And I'll be honest with you, I tried, and it was the worst experience I can think of. I can think it's so painful, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, the, I wasn't even, I wasn't even embarrassed of the, the poor person, you know, who was training at the time. And uh, it was a, an opportunity I had um, that Roland Alexander, you know, the, the late Roland, yeah. that my brother said, hey, you know what, you know, um, yeah, why not, you know, so my goal was to be a manager. But, you know, Roland's belief was even though you'd be a manager, you need to still learn how to do all these things because you just can't be a mouthpiece. You have to be able to bump, Psychology, all the, you have to do all these things. I said, okay, so first couple of weeks is not a problem. Then there's the bumps got, they went from, from rolls to bumps. When they got to the bumps, I'm like, oh my God, this is, uh, this, this hurts, you know? And then uh, you you get past the pain, but I actually hurt my ankle pretty bad and I had to limp to work. And at that point in time, I was a shop steward um, at a warehouse and so we had a reunion. And the moment I walked in limping, that's when like everyone started asking all kinds of questions. Like, oh, you know, you hurt. And I was like, oh my God, I, I can't afford to lose my job, you know, from this. And I, at that point in time, I thought, you know, my, my wrestling world was over because I wouldn't be able to, you know, wrestle. But I would be able to find a way, you know, to uh, to stay within the, um, the industry, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, did you have any other hobbies besides wrestling or wrestling was your main interest? Yeah. Uh, for me, you know. Uh, but I don't mean it like a hobby, but I'm saying, but that was like your main interest, like you know, you know, it's like sports. You know, like some people who are sports fans, you know, they have a hobby of collecting baseball. You know, everything is associated with that sport. So, like everything in your life revolved around wrestling. Currently, absolutely. For the past twenty yeah. years, it has. You know, growing up for me was baseball. Um, yeah. Baseball okay. Was, it was always a. Uh, was always, always something for me that I had a huge passion for. Definitely watched football and played soccer, all those things. But baseball for me was something that uh, the moment I understood it, it was presented to me and I figured out, you know, you know how the, the sport worked to a T. That's when like, I just fell in love and, you know, I watched baseball religiously. To this day, I still do. And I've got as far as can be an umpire for semi-pro baseball and just something that uh, wow. uh, I just... You know, I definitely have a passion for it. And, you know, I was blessed, to, you know, to actually work with the San Francisco Giants. Um, and for me, you know, being a Giants fan and working with them was, you know, an opportunity to work with two of your, you know, sporting loves, 
you know, and it was, it was incredible. But you know, baseball's always been you know there from from umpiring to coaching little league and, and all that. It's just uh, you know, everyone talks about football, and but you know, baseball has just you know, it's like baseball just has that you know that certain. I think you can think you man the game, I guess, you know, I guess uh, if you're a baseball fan, you definitely understand where I'm coming from. It's just uh, yeah. a huge love. And for me, you know, besides wrestling, oh, man, you know, I, as a kid, you know, watching the Giants games. And unfortunately for me, you know, as a kid, the Giants were god-awful baseball team. I was going to say, you're the first. For many, many years. I was like, you're the first person I talked to that's a San Francisco Giants fan. I never heard that before, especially being from New York. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, no, seriously, the Giants are, I mean, God, I mean, the Giants are just god-awful. I remember, uh, oh, you know, you're talking about being ridiculed, being a, a, a Lucha wrestling fan, try being a Giants fan, you know, <laughs> in baseball when they lose 100 games, and, you know, even when no commercials to advertise the Giants, are, you know, are telling you how Calstick sucks and how old it is, and, and like, you know, it's like, oh, my God, look at this negative marketing, you know, I remember going to, Giants games and and walking in and you buy you know a ticket to a certain game uh, and you'd be able to just walk down and sit right behind home plate you know and mm. now as a Giants fan you you're lucky if you can get tickets to sit you know anywhere you know in the vicinity of uh, stand up only you know so hey, times change we know but uh, man I really wish the Giants were not as bad as they were growing up you know. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's been hard for me to be a Giants fan uh, with a jersey than having him wear a uh, a wrestling shirt, you know, in that era. Yeah, I know. You know, um, on baseball is always like I don't know. I think a lot of you know everybody loves baseball, and baseball is huge, and wrestling is huge. Um, like in the city, you know, we were I think well, I was exposed to more like they used to show wrestling on um Lucha Libre on Galavision. It was either the AAA or the CMLL, so that was pretty much my first exposure to that. Um, in the in LA, LA, it's always like is that like usually shown like that? Because we only got it on Saturdays, and that was it. If if you missed it like like at two o'clock in the afternoon, then you're pretty much asked out. Like, did they show it all the time? Well, you know, um, I, I live in the Bay Area. I know in Los Angeles they, they have a bit more exposure uh, to, to the Lucha channels, but here in the Bay Area, you know, it's, well, at one point, you know, growing up, it wasn't that much different than what we're talking about now. Uh, my dad will watch Galavision, uh, and he, for the longest time it was AAA. Yeah. You know, so that's what, that's what he would watch, and then watch it with him. It's like I remember, you know, um, now, obviously, nowadays you can watch just about anywhere, but Galavision was pretty much, you know, it. You know, it was pretty much it, and and Galavision was able to uh, bring, you know, what everyone loved from home and have the ability to to, to bring it to here in, in the United States, because obviously, you know, every population, you know, of our country, at least in, at least in California, for that matter, yeah. is Latino. So, you know, that, yeah, you know, uh, obviously now, Galavision is no longer just the only station, but when growing up, that's the only channel it was, yeah, it was it was huge, and and even when it was on repeats, you know, you would still watch it, you know, because you just love Lucha Libre, you you know, no different than watching it now, but watching your favorite movie, you know, you got to watch it. Like, you know, if it was on reruns, you would still watch it, you know, you would still watch it, and and then obviously it grew into other channels, and eventually, you know, the cable systems right here started adding the channels from Mexico yeah. that we started. We're able to start watching CMIL and AAA on a regular basis, and then you start watching um, 
channels from Puerto, you know, from Puerto Rico to catch IWC and w, you know, things like that. So it, it opened doors to, to other, you know, uh, standards of wrestling, you know, from, from Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rican style, their fan base in Mexico and the district in Triple A and Seal Mile. You know, it was huge, but yeah, growing up, I mean, you miss on AAA, you miss Televisión, that's it. You're not going to be able to watch it, you know, and there's no YouTube, and there's, there's nothing. And even when internet came around, it, it took a while before wrestling hit that boom, and when it hit that boom, Lucha Libre was still not, you know, uh, something that uh, carried over. Now, obviously, these, these companies are huge, you know, like everybody else in, in social media, but growing up, you know, Libre, uh, you really had to either have a, you know, your your calendar written down for a certain date and time because obviously, you know, you don't have those reminders. So, yeah, you missed it. You missed it. Yeah. Remember in WWE, they had um on Channel 47, they had um Super Astreos, and then they only had, like, the Spanish wrestlers on that show. Do you remember that? They It was only, like, for an hour. Yeah, you know, um, I think it was called Super Astros. Yeah, Super Astros. Yeah, yeah, Super Astros. Super Astros. Yeah, right. it was called Super Astros, and uh, you know that was, uh, I, you know, I, I wasn't too, I was not privy to the, to the business, you know, to know the reasoning behind it. But, um, it, you know, I, it, looking back now, it didn't. It, it, there was no success because the target audience was not there. Yeah, you were force feeding. You were force feeding Lucha Libre to, to fans who were watching a certain style, you know, uh, an hour before or an hour after your show, uh, who they came to see. And then you're force-feeding them these people that eh, might be really good, but they, they're being tamed down, and, and they're making, they, they want you to watch it, and, and it never succeeded. And unfortunately, you know, um, it, it didn't work out, but it definitely gave them some exposure to, to people to a, to a different style. And, you know, it's always, always appreciated, you know, obviously the, the biggest television market for wrestling will always be WWE, and at that time, WWF. And it was cool, I remember seeing it, I think it was great, you know, but, uh, you know, it's like you went to watch, you know, a baseball game in the middle of, you know, in between innings, or before the game or after the game, you're forced to watch, you know, lacrosse. You know, you're like, uh, <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> okay, um... So what time the game start, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know, uh, you appreciate the athleticism to, to, the, to that, but you didn't come to see that, you know? But it, it definitely, you know, it worked. It, it gave people some exposure and opened some doors, you know, behind the scenes to, to start other things. So you can definitely always be thankful, you know, for that. Yeah. Um, you was a booker for All Pro Wrestling. Um, how, how did that come about? Like, how, how did you, you know, became that? I'm sure some people are now started, you know, cringing and, and poking fun. Uh oh, why is it bad? I gotta hear this. <laughs> no, you know the thing is, you know, uh, you know APW, you know here in Northern California, you know in California at the point in time with APW uh, was around. I started in '96, and uh, you know in that time frame, you know. I went to different versions of all pro wrestling, you know, and when I first started, you know, it was a, a, a hidden gem, you know, a lot of people didn't know of it, you know, so when you did find it, you know, it's like, oh my God, what I found, you know, what I discovered, and, you know, you'd go to gym wars, and um, they wouldn't even call gym wars, they were called Pacific Coast Sports Wrestling Presents, you know, all pro wrestling, so Pacific Coast Sports Presents all pro wrestling, it wasn't even called gym wars. And you go to it, and, and you know, and you're like, oh my god, like that guy's phenomenal. And like, oh my god, you know, like 
this is great, you know, and that was like a, an exposure to independent wrestling that um, out here in California wasn't something that was very regular, at least in Northern California, you know. I mean, you know, when I would pick up the PWI magazine, you'd see independent wrestling shows and be like, oh, wow, you know, that's cool, you know, uh, but never here. So the moment you discover it here, you know, it's like you have a, you know, lighting in the bottle, you know, like, that is it. And uh, I was around and I always uh, hit it off, you know, yeah. uh, for the moment uh, that I met him, just as a fan, you know, he would still email me, asking about the show, and then I just, you know, hey, do you want to go to a show with me, um, you know, to develop and to do, you know, things behind the scenes, and, you know, just like everything else, you, you know, in professional wrestling, you know, you wait your turn, you know, you pay your dues, and I was always told, uh, you know, eyes open, you know, ears open, mouth shut, you know, and don't speak until spoken to, and number going on car rides or rolling to, to Sacramento to, to, to meet people, to watch other shows. It's, you know, just for him, it was always very important to to make sure to know your surroundings. He always wanted to know what was going on. He always wanted to know, you know, uh, you know who's doing shows and who's on those shows and what they draw. And, you know, sometimes, you know, towards later in his life, Roland would start counting people on shows and um, on how much money they owed him. He'd go, oh, that guy right there, oh, he came to boot camp in 97. He dropped out. He owes me, let me see, he owes me about $1,400. Oh, that guy right there, yeah, you know. So, it, it, oh. you know, me growing up with Roland, you know, the wrestling business, it was uh, an experience where he taught me as much as I can possibly, you know, absorb from him. And just, you know, like everything else, it, there was people ahead of me, you know, with uh, much more wrestling knowledge and abilities in, in many areas. But all I did was, you know, is continue to, to go to shows from 96 up until 2008 when I, when I left to do Wrestling Revolution and start my own company with my wife. But during that span, I'm talking about, you know, I was at, at the garage or the gym, you know, two, three times a week from watching class to, to you know, to meetings, of, you name it, from website, you know, to anything you could possibly think of to help a, a company grow. In, in 2002, I can't remember the exact date, but after King of Indies when, uh, the split happened, it was pretty big out here, uh, when Michael Modest and Donovan Morgan split with, you know, and, uh, and started PWI, yeah. um, and APW, uh, took a, took a huge hit, you know, yeah. took a huge hit, and it's not like, oh my God, you know, uh, God, you know, it, 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 don't worry, you know, Gabe's there, or Jason's there, no, and for me, it was like, okay, you know, uh, this opportunity has, has opened up for me to, you know, you know, shake it off the pot. And I, I took the opportunity, you know, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of my booking and a lot of stuff I did, for the most part, probably sucked. And I'm the first one to tell you it did suck because uh, I walked into something that I wasn't ready for, you know, that's early on. And but in time, you know, I, I, I if if my booking sucked, that's fine because I, I can I know a lot of people on television now with their book sucks too. You know what I mean? So it, it comes down to everyone's opinion on stuff. But I I do believe that the matchmaking and the and the people that I worked with and things I did at APW were, were pretty big. You know, in, in, on the independent scene level, obviously. You know, I here in California. You know, uh, I always had people. You know, booking talent um, at our gym shows um, that 
you know, uh, to this point, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to say I did, for example, uh, I was able to work um, with Fergal Devitt. I, 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 I booked him here at APW. I uh, had a good relationship with Dave Marquez and the New Japan Dojo. I also, you know, booked uh, Carl Machine Gun Anderson, you know, and uh, worked a lot with T.J. Perkins, you know, when he was young as Pinoy Boy and then turned to T.J. Perkins. Worked a lot, you know, got a lot of guys like Rocky Romero, you know, uh, got to see the development of guys like Bobby Quantz, who, you know, he chose to go into um, services over wrestling, but that guy was just, Thankful, you know, um, 
obviously for APW because you know that's where I got my break and my start. But I will always be thankful for Roland for giving me the opportunity. You know, uh, an annoying, an annoying fucking fan who was just in love with the product. You know, eventually blossomed into something that uh, you know I can I can be proud and and, and say that I had a, an impact in APW one way or the other. You know, so those some very um, important years for me. You know, uh, I, I will never. You know, people always sometimes want to hide where they came from or don't want to talk about it. But for me, you know, um, I have nothing but love for the time that I spent. And now, APW continues now under uh, under Marcus Mack, and and he's, I'm a big supporter of whatever he does. He's doing a great job with the name and the brand. And I'm sure if if Roland was still here with us, he'd be um, very proud. Yeah, his legacy still continues. So, um, as long as it's still running and there's wrestlers still wrestling, you know, APW will always be a part of the whole circuit. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and, and, and Marcus is doing a great job. You know, he's doing a great job. I mean, I talk to Marcus on a regular basis, and you know, we always try to figure out ways how to work together with dates and so on. Um, but for me, you know, uh, my target audience is much different than the APW um, brand of yesteryear and where it's at now. But does it mean that uh, I, I don't understand professional wrestling? You know, people sometimes get confused and say, "Oh, they're lucha." Uh, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> but I am no it's no different than what you watch on the American side. You know, it, it's just you know, just with a twist. You know, so but um, you know, it's uh, ABM is a great time. You know, and being the booker there is uh, uh was fun, entertaining, and there was other bookers before me, other bookers after me. And I think everyone had their positive negatives and. He was also part of the King of the Indies one and two, right? Yes, I was. Uh, I was part of the original King of Indies in uh, two thousand. That was in Galt, mm-hmm. California, and uh, that was an eight-man tournament. Okay. And uh, the winner of that was Christopher Daniels. And then in two thousand one, that's when it blossomed into um, what you know it is now, which is a tournament that will never ever be recreated. You know, it'd be just next to impossible. And the reason being is because the amount of talent that was on one show, and at that point in time, again, there wasn't that many promotions and that many shows and that much exposure. So the 16 people that were on there, uh, man, I can't say all of them were like, oh my God, the who's who. But at that point in time, you know, all, all 16 had a viable spot there. And uh, if you look back at all those names, you know, they, they all have... Uh, Right. 
playing and he just was not into promoting. And, and, and for me, that I was more into the promoting than I was listening to the bootcamp part. Yeah. Hence why, you know, eventually um, I left. Okay, and now you're involved in um, Pro Wrestling Revolution, and it's a school that teaches the American style and the Lucha style of professional wrestling. Um, tell me everything about that. Tell, tell me how it all started. Tell me everything from the training to to, to the shows, everything. Well, I mean, 2008 when we did our first show, yeah. my wife and I, you know, our goal, and I've said this to many people, our goal was only to have one show. You know, we, we figured, look, uh, you spent all this time doing things um, for other people, you know, mm -hmm. let's do it for ourselves. You know, if it, if it works, cool, if it doesn't, then it doesn't, you know, but let's do one show. So you, okay. it was going to be one show, one and done, that was it? And it was going to be one and done, but not, not done in the sense where, like, we'll never do it again. Mm -hmm. Let's do one, and if it works out, yeah, maybe we'll do two, or let's just see what happens. Okay. You know, and so we did one, and uh, we, had a, we had a good house, and then, uh, well, let's do it again. And then we got a call, then you get an email, and you know, we did, I think we did four shows that year. Wow. Four, I can't remember, four to six shows in 2008, and it wasn't, it wasn't that much, you know, we did it, you know, and next thing I know, it just snowballed, you know, and it kept going, and going, and going, and now, you know, we sometimes we average, you know, total to 14 shows a year, and, you know, and it's awesome, you know, uh, some, some people, that's may not be enough, but when you have to run and promote these shows, and it's 12 to 14, that's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of work that goes into each show, you know, but promotion-wise, that's, that's what we are, you know, promotion first, that's, that's, you know, where I feel that we excel at. We do, we've done shows, obviously, in California. Uh, we promote, I promote shows, um, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Arizona, Las Vegas. Um, God, even as far as Portugal. Oh, my God. You know, and, uh, and then we've done, I've done a lot of work uh, with Blue Demon Jr., who's part owner of Revolution. Well, and done work with him in Mexico when we did stuff um, for um, Lucha Expo that took place. You know, so um, promoting professional wrestling, which I love to do, um, I, I, it's something that we've had, uh, we've met with good success. Uh, I've been able to mix Lucha Libre in American style um, like, uh, like no other, you know, in this area. Um, I've, I've combined uh, the hatred of uh, La Raza here in, in, in California, which is the Border Patrol, as your top, you know, bad guy. Everybody hates, you know, <laughs> hates the, the Border Patrol. You know? <laughs> and then you bring in your icons like uh, Bo Demon Jr., Equal Santo, Juventus Guerrera, you know, the guys like that, and when you bring them in, and Mascas like that, you know, your icons from Mexico, they, they watch on television like we talked about. Yeah. And now you, you went from watching them on television and like Hobie on WCW and so on, and then now I bring them to you in your hometown, and they're like, I guess, cult heroes per se. And then they get they wrestle, you know, the border patrol who wants to, you know, get you out of this country. You know what I mean? And so it's like, a, it was something. It was obviously I didn't invent it, you know, but uh, I think I'm one of the first ones who ran with it, and uh, we're we're with it now. And it's, it's it, you know, and we have a little bit of everything on every show, you know. Um, for me, my goal is to make it family-oriented as much as possible. I'm a, I'm a father of two daughters, and growing up with each one, if I can't take my 
daughter where I'm going to go to an event because of whether it be alcohol or just not family oriented. I just can't go. Yeah. And so my goal is for my shows to be family oriented, but at the same time, you know, enjoy uh, a sporting event because that's what I believe it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely it is entertainment, uh, but of course, it definitely has to be portrayed in a way where it's entertainment. But there's a lot of applicability, and I'm bringing it to home from Mexico to people here in the United States who maybe are not able to go back to Mexico to see it, you know? And so um, I'm bringing it here, and uh, it's been met with a good success. You know, I think the community is a very huge population, and especially here in California. Do you get like a rowdy crowd sometimes? Because even in the New York Independent shows, there's like family wrestling shows, but, you know, you'll have that crowd that says, you know, you fucked up, you fucked up, or, you know... And, you know, they'll, you know the, the language and stuff like that. Do you get a lot of, like, people like that, like, when they're into the matches? You know, for the Lucha crowds are much different than, you know, uh, the you fucked up and, you know, the clapping where they stick yeah. laser claps. And, you know, it's like a Japanese baseball game, you know. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like that. And, you know, you'd be surprised. There's times that you're at a Lucha show and you're like, oh, they cheer and they boo. And sometimes you're like, hey, are they bored? Why are they so quiet? <laughs> they're watching it. They're actually watching the, the match. Um, you know, so when you want to hear, you know, uh, your comparison to you fucked up, you fucked up, when you start hearing the whistling. Yeah. When, you hear, when you hear them whistle, that's when you know that you've done your job. Wow. You know, and uh, and obviously you still get, you know, uh, some fans who come out and who, who go that way. Oh, you fucked up, you fucked up, and so on. And, and, that, and that's normal, you know, because wrestling fans will always go to wrestling shows, whether it be Lucha or to be American, they, want, they just want to be around the, be around the sport. But Lucha fans, are, you know, they're, they're different, you know. They definitely understand, you know, like everybody else, but the way they cheer is a bit different. Now, the kids, yeah, they're rowdy and they scream, hey, we're free to turn around, because they obviously they're kids, but the, the culture also as a fan is much different from an American fan to a Lucha Libre fan, much different. Now, I know I've seen in Mexico that uh, where it's evolved, uh, you know, where they have like a certain sections of those wheels on one side and technicals on the other, and they have like their favorite wrestlers, and they have, they have huge banners, and, you know, the maracas, you know, they, 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 I mean, you name it, they have those, uh, matracas, you know, those uh, spinning uh, wooden huge toys that are just really loud, you know, that, you know, you know, if you yeah. go to a lucha show or a soccer game, you know what those are. Um, or those, um, as well as, you know, those horns that you blow, which you can find out on my shows, and I can guarantee you that every time I, 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 since 2008, actually, not 2008, but since the year that we brought those into our merchandise table with those horns, I can't tell you how many times every wrestler before a show or after tells me how much they hate those horns, you know, but it, that's, when you hear those horns in Mexico, that that that's a soccer game. That's that's lucha libre, you know. And it's definitely no sounds of no different than when you go to a baseball game. The crack of the bat, and well, you know, when you hear that horn, you know that's 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 a sport from Mexico, you know. So I try to bring all that, you know, and into the fans and ha- and having fun, you know. And it's definitely entertaining. Definitely fun to have and to t- try to mix that culture, you know what I mean. And the fans are a big part of that. Yeah. Um, your training academy consists of a 12-month course. Um, uh, there are people who most mostly there are learning like the Lucha style or the American style, or it varies? You know, we, we, what we have is we have a 12-month course where we believe in, in 12 months you will be able to have a professional wrestling match. Now, does that mean that after 12 months you're a wrestler where you can say, hey, you know what, I'm done? 
no. The answer is no. You're never done. You're never done learning. You're never done training. You're never done. Any other sport you can possibly think of, um, the moment the season ends, two months later, it's preseason. It's spring training. It's open tryout. It's open camp. You go to a winter league. You go to whatever. It's, it never ends. And so on our end, yes, the training, you know, as far as like in 12 months, we can get you ready to be a professional welfare. But it doesn't mean that, you know, at that point in time, okay, you know, we're, let me go main event somewhere. You know what I mean? Let me start making a living from it now. Uh, the most most important thing I can tell you is any wrestler or any student that's come through our doors, we have never, ever promised them anything besides good training. Um, I have never even focused on who we worked with or what, you know, your trainer he used to work with. No. You know, this is what we have. You know, it's our, it's our, it's our ring. This is what we do. Um, I promise you that you'll get good training because it's, it's, these are our trainers and that's it. Uh, you know, how can I help you? You know, what do you want to do? But never been promised anything else besides, you know, the fact that we can help them train, you know, to be a professional wrestler and make their dream into a reality. And, but the thing is, though, is even though we offer that, that 12-month course, you know, um, even if it's a two-year course or a four-year course or a six-month course, it comes down to the person who walks into those doors that they will make the, you know, the difference, you know, in that course. I've had some wrestlers who, or talent who have come in at the four or five-month mark be able to have a, a match. So by the time they hit the year point, they've already have full matches. Or so I have some uh, some students that takes past a year, you know, and by the you know year and a half mark, they're ready, you know, to to make their debut per se. So you know, we, we don't we don't throw them to the wolves either way. Whether they're ready or not ready to have a match at twelve month point, um, we're not looking to say, okay, you know, it's kind of like you know. You turn 18, the parents kick you out. Now that's the first thing from the truth. The moment you know you hit the one-year mark, that means you should be able to have a match. And if you're not ready, then you know we we figure out what the next plan uh, of attack is. But at no point will we throw you the wolves and they say, okay, well, thank you for coming. You know, you know, we'll stay in touch. No, no, no. We, you know, once you open the doors, you know, to someone and they come in and you grooming them from taking their first board role to actually having their first match. Um, it's hard not to have an emotional investment in these people. Um, whether they leave you at some point or not, you still, you still, you know, you still have that emotional attachment because you remember when they first walked in, you know, with those, that blank stare in their eyes going, I want to be a professional wrestler, you know, and to a point now where you see them, you know, working shows and say, hey, you know, we had a part of that. And, uh, we never wanted to start a sort of school. Uh, one of our biggest worries was insurance because um, unfortunately, you know, things can happen and, and being part of APW, things did happen. So the last thing I wanted to do was, God forbid anything happened, but, but expose my family, uh, my daughters and my wife and to something where we'd have to lose our personal belongings because something that happened um, on the wrestling side. So once we actually can secure insurance and God forbid something did happen, you know, if it did, then at least we're insured, you know. But um, once we were able to do that, the, we said, you know what, well, let's just put the ring up somewhere because it's going to cost so much to the story might as well pay for somewhere to be up. And then once I was up, hey, you know, do you have some training? Or, hey, can I go roll around? And it started evolving, you know, and not until uh, uh, Kafu, who had left, or he had, uh, he was, um, before he became NXT, um, he was at FCW in Florida with WWE. Um, he had been released, and once he came out here, 
restricted as far as which way to go. Uh, at some point, they both you know uh, get taught in a sense where you still have to be able to be able to know both. You may not get full coach if you do the American side, but by the time you get you know towards the end of your training, you're exposed to it because we definitely feel it's something that is has become what you see now on television. It's, it, the, the style has definitely changed from the yesteryears of when schools first opened and were taught the 70s style to what you see on television now. It's, it's become a hybrid, and that's what we teach you, an absolute hybrid. Oh. How much has APW influenced you in pro wrestling revolution? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, when, uh, when I was last spoke to Roland, we were sitting down and he was asking about revolution, you know, how do you do this, or how, how, how'd that go, and so on. And one thing I, I, I told Roland, you know, uh, my time with, with, with him, and I don't want to say APW, but my time with, with Roland, Roland definitely taught me everything what I should do and everything I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was, you know, I was able to learn from all his mistakes and all his accomplishments. And I've taken that with me to where I'm at now, and then taking upon myself with my you know, with my knowledge of marketing and what I feel you know, I excel at and I've been able to, to to mix it with what I've learned, you know. But uh if it wasn't for APW obviously I wouldn't have uh, this opportunity. You know, so but uh, I'm forever forever thankful for that. Forever thankful. But the influence from APW was for the most part was Roland, um a part, you know, um central Roland. I had a very strong friendship, you know, with with Jake Grimes and you know, he, he helped me a lot, and um, Vinny Massaro, and then uh, Robert Thompson, who is a white trainer now at the academy. Um, those are the people I was, you know, had my strongest rapport with. You know, obviously, you, you're friends with everybody, but those are the three that uh, helped me a, a lot, and obviously, Roland, uh, who I spent countless hours on the road, on the phone, trying to just learn as much as I could. So I, I definitely have a lot of uh, his tendencies, you know, and what I do or how I act, and also how it affects uh, on something to do on my shows, but Roland did shows one way, and I definitely do my shows a different way, but you can still see, you know, if you're around APW when I was around, you can definitely see a lot of the tendencies that I, I, that I have now um, that were around back then. Um, my bookie sheets to this day are the exact same ones that we used in, in 1999. 2000, all the way until I left APW. Same, same style, same booking sheet, same layout to this day, you know. Um, the way I lay out music, the way I lay out a show, is the same way that Roland taught me, you know. So even though I'm booking Lucha, I'm still using um, the experience that uh, was handed down to me, and I, I'm very, uh, very grateful, you know. And so I'm not saying it hasn't evolved with, you know, with things I've learned, but the foundation will always be there. Yeah, um, you have a lot of big name wrestlers that wrestle for the promotion. Um, how how did you acquire them? How did you get them? And um, did they were they interested automatically since they knew you from APW? Like, how did you acquire some of these wrestlers that wrestle for your company? Um, you know, did a lot of them wrestle for APW too? Like, the like, did you have to like negotiate certain people? You know that. You know, like, you know, they, they already had a good rapport with you? Well, I mean, you know, uh, in APW, there's a, uh, I definitely had a good rapport with a core of talent, you know, and 
with some and not others, you know? Yeah. And, and tell you that everyone loved me and I loved everybody else. You know what I mean? Uh, we all had to work together. We, we all had a job to do. When I broke off from APW from to the revolution and, and do my thing, you know, I remember telling Roland and everyone there when we had our powwow and I said, hey, you know, um, I'm leaving, I'm doing my own thing. Doesn't mean I'm not talking, but it also doesn't mean I have to book people that I don't want to book anymore because, you know, uh, they're no longer a student, you know, of the boot camp and I have to use you, you know, those are things, uh, my goal was to do shows only, you know, and uh, so a lot of people came with me, you know, um, to do shows. Some did revolution only, some did both. Um, there were some animosity for the longest time between both, but, you know, that got hashed out before rolling past. Um, I, unfortunately, they're independent contractors, and I know I know how bowling comes from. But yeah. he was definitely okay with the guys working with me, and I didn't really care. You know, vice versa. Uh, I had my own mission, and it didn't uh, it didn't cause any harm to APW and anything. It didn't cause harm to Revolution. It was more of an ego thing on both our ends, you know, because obviously we all that were so much alike, um, hard headed and hot headed per se. You know, so. Uh, a lot of them, you know, I brought over, you know, in different, you know, different formats, you know, uh, Derek Sanders, you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Nate Rolls, they were Border Patrol for me, they were my, one of my first, you know, people for Border Patrol, and I added all, and all for John as well, you know, for the longest time, all for John, uh, uh, did both APW and Revolution, or maybe just those two, and then eventually he just did Revolution for a while, you know what I mean, but never because I made them or what have you, it was just because that's that's the way it worked out. And I had a good rapport with a lot of them and they came with and some I tried and things were still working out for times past and you just don't use them, you know. Uh, not everyone is, um, not everyone fix, you know, for uh, for you know, for the brand that I was trying to build and a brand I'm building now. You know, I mean they may be good workers or they may be a solid style for somebody else, but sometimes it just doesn't work what I'm trying to do. Doesn't mean they suck, doesn't mean I'm the best, it just means that, hey, it, it doesn't work, you know, and that's not unusual. How many times have you seen an athlete, you know, uh, Batista for the, um, not Batista, for the, for the, for the Blue Jays, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, you know, home run, home run king and he's a superstar, but I may remember him from the Pirates. Mm-hmm, that's right. I only remember him from the Pirates, you know? Does that mean that the Pirates organization sucks and no one should ever talk good about them? No, it just means that the guy blossomed somewhere else and maybe he wasn't, in, you know, it wasn't a fit there. You know what I mean? There's, there's many stories like that, you know? Uh, you know, that Jeff Bagwell with the Red Sox. Uh, not Jeff Bagwell, but Marcus, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, there's always players. Now you got me thinking wrestling and... and <laughs> I know. Baseball, you know what I mean? Marcus, you say. kind of the people that, you know, play yeah. somewhere that no one knew and they you know, won't be old, you know, boom, you're a superstar somewhere else. And they're wrestling the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I can only trust my judgment and that's all I have to go by. And, and I've, I've made mistakes, absolutely. But if you tell me someone that hasn't made mistakes, I'm, you can... But I call them a liar because we're all going to make mistakes, and I've made a whole bunch. I think I've made some good good decisions as well. I've I've made good ones and bad ones, and I continue to make good ones and bad ones as we speak. Now that's not going to change. And the moment I start telling people that I'm perfect, even though well, I know why I take that back because I I do tell my wife I'm perfect. But the moment I start telling people that I don't make mistakes, that's when obviously you know you stop learning. And I've always I was always taught the moment you think you stop learning. That's the moment that you have to walk away. So, and that's that's 
Oh. Um, you have the um, all-female tournament coming up in San Francisco, June 4th, 2016. Um, tell me about the tournament and who's involved in it and how did this come together? Oh, yeah, and really? She, she, she definitely wanted to do an all-female tournament. It's something that she wanted to do. It was her it was her idea, and she says, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And I was like, what? Like, you want to do the show? Like, really? She goes, yeah, absolutely, you know, and like, this is my idea, this is what I want to do, you know, can we do it? I was like, well, absolutely, you know, and so it, this has been her brainchild, and uh, Shannon's always been behind the scenes, you know, uh, I know in APW, Roland, uh, belt on 
her and she's all over the place as well and so you'd have talent you know like her then you uh add young girls like black fury who is trained um by piano piano four so if you do your history on that that's another you know uh a namesake uh an icon of, of not only lucha but also as trainer goes and that's one of her that's one of his students you know what i mean uh, then you add, you know, uh, Cristal. Cristal has been, you know, all over Mexico, uh, spent a good part of time with CML, and then moved here to the United States, and you can look her up, and she's booked on a regular basis. You know, she's learned the American style to, to come, you know, the same way we try to teach people to hear. She's come here to learn the American style to make herself more accessible and you know, more available to promoters, you know, so you have her and you add, and you have Brittany Wonder. So I, I remember seeing Brittany Russell at a gym horse and remember me telling her, hey, you know what, keep it up, man, you're, you're, you're a hell of a talent. And, you know, and she probably didn't even remember that, but I remember, man, she's she going to be really good. And lo and behold, you know, she wrestles on a regular basis, she wrestles a lot, and she's blossomed into a talent that I think a lot of people should take notice. She's really good at what she does. She has a, she's really good at her craft. You know, then you have our champion, Christina Von Erin, yeah. you know, who's defended our title, got it everywhere. You know, she's, uh, she takes our title, you know, to all her shows and she defends it. You know, she, you know, uh, even took it to, uh, oh, God, oh, internationalized. I can't remember the, can't remember the country right now yeah. on top of my head. You know what <laughs> I mean? She's defended there. Um, she's been a triple A. She was a tag team champion with Alex Koffer for triple A. So she definitely understands Lucha. Mm. She's done that. She does the American style. You know, she's a global force, woman's champion as well. You know what I mean? So you have a lot of talent on there. You know, Savoy, you know, Boneri, um, you know, Androsa, you know, Pistal, you know, you have um, Holly Dead. I mean, if you, I think Holly Dead is, I, you know, in true stories, like, I've heard of her, but I haven't watched too much of her footage. And, uh, I was looking at another talent, and the, the match for the girl woman a book came up um, versus Holly then. And she goes, hey, watch this match. I said, she sent me the match. I said, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I said, we need to book this other girl. And she goes, you think so? I said, yeah, yeah. She's, all, you know, she's, on that, she's on our list. I said, well, let's make sure we call her now. Yeah. And uh, she is a talented girl. She... Um, you know, she obviously has been in Japan and she's done a lot of good things, but I think uh, if she continues to do, you know, her, you know, her craft and keep working, and I, I think she'll she'll do good things as well. So the eight, eight females that we have on here, I, I think uh, you've gone from Lydia Pache, you know, who's done just about everything, and then you've got, you know, young girls like, like uh, Holly Dead and, and uh, Thunder Rosa and Black Fury, who are trying to make a name for themselves, and, and lo and behold, you know, the title, you know, is up for grabs. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a world, world title, and I still call it a world title because I can, and just say, hey, because I'm sure everyone wants to call it title world, but, you know, our belt has been def defended, you know, in, in other parts of the world. I mean, our belt was, you know, defended in Lebanon. Wow. You know, uh, you know I mean, I can't, I don't know how people can say that, you know, um, but yeah, it was defended in Lebanon, you know, it's, it was defended, you know, in Mexico, uh, with CML, it was won and lost in Mexico, you know, on television, on their flyers, on their posters, you know, um, you can look up a CML poster and it'd say, you know, but it's not going to be the and I'm like, whoa, PWR on, on the CML poster, um, 
on their uh, Ravelona. You can see uh, their TV show would talk about, you know, hey, Lydia Pacha just beat Chile Melissa in San Francisco. Look at the title that she brought home. You know, or hey, Suhey just beat, you know, Mitch uh, Suhey just beat Lydia Pacha for this belt, you know. So uh, this this belt you know, has a lot of value. It's uh, it's It has... You know, the same amount of exposure that Blue Demon and Oliver John gave her heavyweight title. So yeah. these, these eight girls uh, um, have, uh, you know, they're all fighting for a, a belt that I believe has a, a lot of value, a lot of exposure, and it's, it's been met with a good list of champions. You know, you have Chile Melissa, you have Evelise, you know, who's also a, a champion, Lady Apache, Suge, Lady Abolica, and Von Eri. You know, that's a... Uh, that's a pretty good list of champions, so if Aniri is able to hold out, you know, in this tournament, you know, maybe she she maintains, but whoever becomes the next champion, uh, I do believe, we'll, you know, with our with our contacts and what we plan on doing with our women's title and all our titles and, and things that we got going on, it's definitely going to be a positive, you know, for that person one way or the other. Yeah, what's beautiful about this tournament is everyone there is a future superstar. They're a superstar already, but... You know, everybody here is just craving and hungry in the independent scene. So it's it's going to be a you know a great um, internet pay per view to watch. Well, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, um, for people you know who are not in here in Northern California who can't come out, for sure you can definitely go to WWN Live and order the i pay per view there. And if you are on the mobile side and, and want to watch it on the on the laptop or what have you, definitely download the Fight TV um, app. And you can watch it there as well, you know. So we're very blessed to be you know, working with WWN and, and Fight to have uh, not only this show, but majority of our shows, you know, available on my pay-per-view and on demand. And this show will be no different. So uh, you have uh, your, uh, John, who I call Cheeseburger, and uh, your boy Kevin Gill uh, um, doing the play-by-play, you know, who do an incredible job. You know, these guys are phenomenal what they do, you know, and so get to hear them, you know, uh, call the action, and uh, it's going to be awesome, you know, hopefully, you know, you tune in, everyone listen, if we're not, you know, in, exposed to revolution in what we do, in, or female wrestling as a whole, you know, you know, I know the East Coast, you know, there's a lot of it, and on the West Coast, for, for many years, we didn't have too much female wrestling, you know, it's been a long time, um, this is the first time in many years that you can look at Northern California, and California in general, there's a lot of females, you know, in yeah. years past, there was very little, you know, now you have a lot, you know, you actually have a list to choose from, and uh, I was very fortunate to work, you know, with two of the top females, you know, in this area, and two people who have made a huge difference in, on the independent scene and open doors, and one in Chile or Melissa, and two in Sarah Del Rey, yeah. you know, who now is the one of the cleaners at uh, NXT, yeah. you know, so... Uh, female wrestling has come a long way in, in California um, from those two girls leading the way um, to where it's at now. And I'm very, very fortunate to have this scene grown to where it was at to where it's at now and excited to see where it develops. Because if it maintains it where we're at now, then uh, I do believe that women's wrestling, the way it's changing now with WWE leading the way, it's definitely going to open more minds and to want to do the, the female aspect. Maybe yesteryear with the Braun Penny era was not where maybe females <laughs> want to do it, but the way you see it now, where now it's being met with athleticism and so on, maybe that opens uh, more minds to encourage them to go train and be professional. 
Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of cheerleader Melissa. I think she's so awesome, and even TNA really didn't do her justice because you know that you know she, she could have carried that whole division. Like she's so phenomenal. If people haven't seen her on independent scene, she's excellent, excellent. Oh, yeah, I mean Melissa. Um, I mean she's a second generation wrestler, so uh, yeah. she's been around the business for forever. So it, it's in her blood, and you know she's been doing it for a long time, and she's phenomenal. What's the roster of Pro Wrestling Revolution? Do you have a huge roster with men and women? You know what? On the independent scene, I don't think you can really have a roster. But you know, um, you have like you steady, know, you know, um, you have people that always are there, like usually, right? You have like certain mainstays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we definitely have those. I mean, uh, I definitely, uh, like, the Border Patrol is, some, is a, it's a mainstay, a right? Yeah. You know, my shows, that's for sure. Um, it's definitely evolved over the years. It started out with Derek Sanders and Nate Rolls. And now you have uh, people like Jared Kratos and, and Colt Stevens and, and Brian Cage, who, you know, uh, who's a big part of the Border Patrol as well. And, and you have Eco the Trump, you know, who also wrestled with TNA as he like Brick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we, we, we do have people like that. You know, you have William Mack, you know, who's a phenomenal talent, you know. You got Ultimo Panda, uh, who's been, uh, you know, Tekken champion for us, a former Tekken champion, Los Luchas, you know what I mean? Uh, guys like that, we have them all the time, you know, you got guys like uh, the Grappler number three, who's on our shows as well, you know, so we do have a core of people that we're fortunate to have on our shows. You have uh, Los Chicanos, you know, who are current champions and uh, with, with uh, Will Cravis, you know what I mean? So we definitely have people that we work with on a regular basis, and Will Cravis is a perfect example. We both started on APW. Uh, I started about maybe two years before Will did. You know what I mean? So uh, 
we go back forever. You know, we go back ways. You know, so I'm very fortunate to, to work with people that I first spoke with and more people that I've you know met along the way. So we do have a, a, a regular roster per se. You know, sometimes you know we do have hiccups where maybe then people aren't available, what have you. But yeah, you know, Vaquero Fantasma, um, Anarchia. These are people that are on our shows for the most part. And Vaquero Fantasma, uh, that guy is a, a, a he comes from a family of wrestling. You know, he's his family and him. They, they his uncles are you know wrestlers. His uh, his cousins are wrestlers. His nephews are wrestlers. You know, I mean, his family is full of wrestlers. I mean, they're all over the place. That guy is phenomenal. That guy just you know, it's just one of those guys that maybe didn't have the right mass or come from the right brand. You know, family per se to give him that little boost. But that guy is phenomenal. Phenomenal lucha guy. Uh, great person. He's he has a mind for for. marked characteristic about yourself, Gabriel? What is the what? Your most marked characteristic about yourself. The most, which, the marked characteristic? Yeah, your most marked characteristic. Well, you're an introvert, you're outgoing, you're... Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what, I mean, it depends who you ask, you know, I think everyone can say, you know, uh, I'm an asshole, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what everyone's going to probably call me. But honestly, though, I, I think what describes me and my characteristic from top to bottom is I'm a passionate person. I have passion for wrestling. I have a passion for what I do. Um, some people, you know, whether it be a wrestler or whatever they do in this business, they sometimes they just do it, you know, a couple of days of the week or if they're not enough or whatever. Uh, for for Shane and I, it's what we do pretty much every day. It's what we do. You know, we probably spend more time on professional wrestling than we do on our regular jobs. And we probably make, you know, I'm pretty sure I probably Make more than you compare regular jobs, but uh, I guess characteristic for me would be passion. Passion. Whether, whether 
you can call me whatever you want, but one thing you can never doubt is that one thing is that I have passion. Yeah. And um um what do you what do you love so much about women's wrestling? It's not about women's wrestling. I just love wrestling in general. And unfortunately, you know, um it's not that I like women's wrestling more than the other. I, there's women there's women out there who I think are just great wrestlers, period. They just happen to be women. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes any sense. I think uh, I think Mariko Yoshida, I, I, um, uh, Lenny Apache, Mariko Yoshida is a match that we tried so hard, you know, to make happen. And Mariko was someone that we're trying to bring in for the show, you know, to, to go that we have to surpass the, the eight women. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, uh, it would have happened. But Mariko Yoshida, to me, is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in person, you know, who happens, happens to be a woman. You know what I mean? But she's, mm-hmm. she's incredible. Chris Suhey, you know, uh, same thing. Incredible, incredible athlete. And uh, Lydia Bacci, who, you know, we've seen on many occasions, and people can get the chance to see her. If you haven't seen her, look her up, and then tune in for the IP review. Lydia Bacci is incredible. You know, she's been part of many, many great events um, in Japan, um, around the world, Mexico, obviously, and here in the States. You know, so for me, it's not about what I like about women's wrestling. I just like wrestling in general. Yeah. Um, is this the first all-women show, though, or has there been other women's show before? This is the first all-female show that Revolution has done. Okay. Uh, you know, I've been part of, 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 of other female shows, you know, when I was working with APW. Um, but, no, this is Revolution's first um, all-female uh, tournament. We, we haven't done anything that's, you know, all-women, per se, or shows or anything, but this is the first uh, all-female tournament that uh, Revolution has done. It won't be our last, you know. Hopefully, we can do this again. And uh, like I said before, with the, with the abundance of talent in California on the female side that they're developing, you know, it, hopefully we can open those doors and not just have one match, but maybe we can have two matches or three matches with three females on it. So it just comes down to the talent and the availability. But some of the girls, as you can see, you know, as they're blossoming now, may not be available to us, you know, that much longer. So hopefully, you know, they, they are. And, uh, we can, uh, you know, be greedy and get to see them close up and work with us before they, you know, they go somewhere else and uh, develop, you know, their, their careers. Yeah. Um, unplug it again. Plug the show again. It's June 4th, right? June 4th in San Francisco. Uh, available on WWN Live, uh, Fight TV app, Reina de la Revolución, eight females tournament at, uh, for the Pro Revolution World women's title and uh, it's uh, you have Lady Apache Christina Varneri Nicole Savoy Cristal Black Fury Holly Dead Brittany Wonder you know what I mean so you have you know all these females on there you know uh, doing their thing Thunder Rosa you know who all you know uh, have the opportunity you know to showcase her talent in, in, in matches they, they may not normally have because obviously the, the mixture of of talent that we have uh, being brought in, and uh, let's see, you know, what what that develops. You know, a style of the clash can also, you know, show some exposure of ability and other people, and and also you have veterans like Lady Apache, you know, these guys who've been doing you know a lot longer than these, these other girls have. So it's a little bit of everything. You have veterans, you have girls who who are hungry, and women who've been doing it for a long time. So. It's going to be great, you know, it's a great mixture, a mixture of talent, Lucha, American, uh, again, Nicole Savoy, who, you know, who's a, a really 
Big Sound Shimmer champion. You have Boneri, who's a current Revolution champion. Thunder uh, Rosa, who has some belts around her waist. You know, the Apache has belts all over. So these are all women who, who belong in this ring. They're experienced. Um, they're hungry, and uh, we're excited to have them on our show. And hopefully you guys can join us, you know, either in person at, in, at General Connell High School. You know, tickets are available online or, or at the door. And if you're not in the area, by all means, man, please feel free to join us and uh, watch it because you love women's wrestling, because you love wrestling, but you want to check out the product. You know, by all means, join us on WWN Live and the Fight T, Fight.TV app. Yes, definitely check it out, fans. I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, My final question to you, Gabriel, is what would the Gabriel R- Ramirez of today tell the G- Gabriel Ramirez of yesterday? Stay a fan. Stay a fan. Plain and simple, stay a fan. Awesome, awesome. Man, I would love to do a part two with you, man. Um, I definitely want to talk more about the men's division and just talk about um, more of pro wrestling getting out there to the East Coast, too, because I know, you know, it's more of a West Coast-based thing, but, you know, wrestling should be an every coast thing. If people, like, will, if they look for it, because, you know, not everybody's tech-savvy, not everybody does, you know, the different fight apps or the network, you know, people are still old school, you know. <laughs> Believe me, I know people who don't even have the network. They'll wait for it to, to somebody to put it on YouTube to watch it. Because I know a lot of people are not really tech savvy, but they definitely should check you guys out. And you know, it's it's really impressive of what you've done with the whole scene. And um, I'm more impressed. No, nah, I'm more impressed with the whole. You know, I know you say it's wrestling, but you know, women's wrestling. You know, if you if people watch WWE, you get one or two matches, and usually, you know, there's some good matches and some not so good matches. So this is going to be quality wrestling at its finest. So, um, can, definitely can't wait to see the show, man. And I appreciate it. No, I thank you for you know for taking the time and letting me babble on about my my, my time in wrestling. And I'd love to come back and and do a part two, three, and four. You know, I'd be more than happy to do that. Thank you for for letting me you know take some time away from from your life and uh, with wrestling. But by all means, thank you so much. You know, for more information on all everything that we do. You know, if you if you've heard of us or haven't heard of us, you know, take a look and just catch up on what we're doing. Revol- uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution. You know, has been doing this for. God, seems like forever now, I've been doing this for 20 years, but go to our website, you know, we, we have an, you know, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to social media, you know, everything you can be found there, go to our website, you know, prowrestling-revolution.com, and you can catch up on our, you know, you can watch our weekly television show, we've been on television for three years now, on the Stack America um, 43, here in the Bay Area, so go on the fight.tv app, and you can watch the show for free, you know, the, the latest episode is up, and I believe it's uh, Ricochet versus Matt Cross, versus Joey Ryan. And you can, you know, go to the Fight app and check it out, you know, and check out all the other shows, all IP reviews, and get exposed to our talent, you know, to the Border Patrol, you know, to Paquero Fantasma, Anarquia, to Papo Esco, to Simon Cross, you know, to to see what we've built up, you know, from spending 20 years of our life and putting everything we have in, in, into this business. So, you know, whether you like it or not, it's still professional wrestling, and hopefully you can give uh, a couple a couple minutes of your life to check it out. And uh, if you like it, fantastic. We'll be a new fan. If you don't, thank you for your time, you know, because, again, you know, it's not for everybody, but uh, we're here if, if you need us. And um, you're all over social media, Gabriel? Because I, I, I can't keep up with everything anymore. So I guess I, I can say I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and 
Instagram and YouTube, but I, I, don't, I don't go past that. I think uh, I think I'm good on that. I think uh, so. If you can go to those major ones, you'll find us there. Yeah. So you're not on Snapchat then, right? No, no. I, 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 you know what? I, I think there's an age limit to Snapchat. So I think if you're past the age of 40, it kicks you back out. So I don't even want to go log in and get embarrassed. Tell me I can't log in because I'm too old. So uh, I'll stick with the Facebook and, and that's maybe my MySpace. You know what I mean? But yeah. we'll keep it with you know with the major ones and you can find us there or go to our website. You know we still they do still exist. ProWrestlingHydroRevolution.com and you can get all our dates, our, our events, past events, pictures, videos, news, all the stuff. You know our work with the, with the MLS, Major League Baseball, um, festivals, uh, charities, and so on. Everything Revolution you can find it there. Sweet. Thank you for your time, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one.